When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. You know, part of me was like, well, if I set an ultimatum, they're not going to want to miss my wedding, of course. They'll go ahead and get vaccinated. But another part of me is like, no, there's a very good chance that they won't and that they will see this ultimatum as kind of a threat. And it, yeah, I really think that if I was to set an ultimatum, it could devastate our relationship. Welcome to How To. I'm Amanda Ridley. This is a podcast for people who are struggling with something really hard and don't know where else to turn. And by the way, if that's you, you can always write to us at howto@slate.com. And that's how we first met this week's listener, who we're calling Jackie. Thank you so much for getting back to me. I was really shocked and excited, honestly. Jackie, who lives in Virginia, works from home as a graphic designer. There's something very peaceful about your... <laughs> workspace. I don't know. It's like very soothing with the plans. Once I decided I was going to be working from home permanently, I just, I was like, if I'm going to spend all my time in here, I need to make it a little bit uh, more relaxing. Which is good because there's another part of her life that is really stressing her out. I recently got engaged. Uh, my fiance, Tom, and I are planning to have our wedding in October of 2022. And while there's a lot to plan, that's not what's worrying her. We have some family members with health issues and we're still concerned about the pandemic and making sure that this event isn't going to turn into an event that might spread disease to people that we love or or people in their circle. So it immediately became an issue where I'm starting to think, how am I gonna have this conversation with my family that I've been avoiding for over a year? You see, Jackie's immediate family has been skeptical about the risks of COVID and the need to get the vaccine. A lot of my friends, um, their their parents, even if they have very different views than them, have gotten vaccinated um, and have at least listened to them and had conversations with them. I just feel like I can't do that right now. This is painful because Jackie was actually really close to her family before the pandemic began. 
Yeah, so my mom got remarried actually maybe three or four years ago. So her and my stepdad are together and I love them both. They're a lot of fun. They actually got me into rock climbing, which is how I met my fiance. My mom is, you know, she's a role model for me. She's very outspoken. She's very opinionated at times, which is a great quality most of the time. Um, she's very strong-willed. <laughs> I don't have a relationship with my dad. Um, and that's part of the reason why this is so difficult for me because the thought of like not having either of my parents at my wedding is concerning to me. So, but I also don't want to compromise too much on my values and, and make my fiance's family uncomfortable at our wedding. Jackie's fiance, who we're calling Tom, shares her concerns about COVID as do his parents. A lot of that is because Tom's dad um, had a bone marrow transplant shortly before COVID started. So they were already concerned about his health and trying to make sure that he did not get sick with anything. And then with COVID, it was, you know, they're on ultra alert. And how does Tom feel about your parents' position on all of this? Um, to be To be frank, he, he finds it to be really selfish of them. So I do feel, I guess, maybe a little stuck in the middle, um, just making sure everybody's happy. On today's show, we'll talk to a communication expert who navigated her own difficult COVID conversations with a surprising amount of grace and watched as some of her family members even change their minds. This may be especially top of mind if, like Jackie, you're preparing to gather for a big Thanksgiving. Is it possible to convince anyone of anything this holiday season without trashing the relationship? Jackie's wedding may depend on it. Stay with us. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. On Death, Sex, and Money, we feature interviews with you, our community of listeners, getting honest about uncomfortable things. I developed an illness where it isn't safe for me to drive. A friend once said to me, sex is like air. You don't think about it until you're not getting enough. This is a similar sort of thing if you just replace sex with driving. Listen to Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get podcasts. Now, there are fears that the coronavirus outbreak could become a pandemic. This virus doesn't discriminate. It attacks everyone. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. At the very beginning of the pandemic, before any of us really knew what was going on, our listener Jackie started to notice a space open up between her and her family. I remember in early March of 2020, sitting around the table and discussing what was happening. Um, but it immediately became apparent that there was a line and that we were mm -hmm. on different sides of it. Already, mm -hmm. in the very beginning. Yeah. 
And my sister was outspoken actually at the time that she really did not think it was a concern. It sounded like the flu. And I actually just found out recently that my mom and my stepdad had COVID last summer um, and they didn't tell me because they felt like they knew how I was going to react to that and they Mm -hmm. felt like I would judge them. So if that, if that gives you any indication of like where our relationship has been, like my mom didn't even feel comfortable enough telling me that she had COVID. Hmm. How did you feel when you realized that she hadn't told you? Um, I felt pretty, I was a little angry. It definitely hurt our trust in them a little bit. Okay. So tell me about the vaccine. Do you remember the first time you broached the subject or it came up? Yeah, I was on the phone with my sister and I did tell her that um, I had gotten my second dose of the vaccine and I I just brought it up casually in conversation because I wanted her to know someone she knows got vaccinated. It was totally fine. It was really easy, but she has a baby and she's breastfeeding her baby. So she told me she was concerned about breastfeeding him with a vaccine that she didn't fully understand. Mm-hmm. So I explained to her, well, I've read that you can actually maybe transfer some of the antibodies of the vaccine through your breath milk and you can help him have a little bit of immunity. She shut that down immediately. Um, I didn't have another conversation with them until the wedding started coming up and I was really afraid to talk to my mom about it, mostly because I didn't want to hear her answer. And she she said basically that's not going to happen and that her doctor told her that um, her natural immunity from having COVID is far better than anything she could get from the vaccine. And the risks of getting vaccinated are far exceed the risks of contracting COVID, which I immediately disagreed with um, because I've read, you know, scientific studies that say otherwise. And she told me I needed to do more research. And I've thought about sending her articles every day. I read articles and I think about sending it to them, but I also don't want to cause too much drama we've stopped talking about it now. It's painful, right, to, to be seeing the world so differently um, with people you love. Wandi, I'd love to bring you in here. Do you, what are your initial thoughts? Well, my first thought is congratulations. <laughs> it's going to be a very, very Good wonderful point. thing. Being Getting married is, a, is, a, is just a tremendous milestone. This is Nwandi Lawson. She's a former TV journalist who's worked for CNN and Georgia Public Broadcasting and now runs a consulting firm that helps people communicate better about everything, especially hard things. It's so lovely because you're not saying, well, you know, this is the way it is, my way or the highway. (laughs) You're really listening closely. And often when we ask the question why, we... um, Inadvertently, I'm sure, because we're not intending it, but we, we make people defensive. So they have to defend their position. So often when thinking about how to ask someone a question, I might think about how I could phrase that question such that it began with how or what. So in other words, what are some of your concerns about this? But it is quite miraculous. I, I, I know years ago I learned to ask my own children when they were upset, what are your tears as opposed to why are you crying? Hmm. And I have gotten so much more from asking that question than the one that I naturally would have asked. Yeah, I love that idea actually. It makes a lot of sense. So we already have our first insight. Questions are really important tools in conflict, but try not to have them start with the word why. 
For various reasons, it just makes people defensive. Try a what or how question instead. What are some of the ways that we can help change to happen in a way that doesn't dehumanize other people or make them feel like they have to defend a position? Sometimes there's defense of what is indefensible, right? It's like, Mm. really, there's no real way that we could think that this is true. But I think often we look at a person and we just assume Whatever you think today, however you are behaving today, that is as much as you're ever going to become. And I think that maybe we, we would you know, deserve to give each other a little bit more of a chance than that. Have you encountered any conflicts like this in your own family, Nwandi? Well, absolutely. I mean, this is a time of, of high political conflict. So going through the election and hearing people's differing views, and even more recently, yes, with, with, with the vaccine itself, um, and my family is, is African-American, and there was at the few months back when, 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 when the vaccine was first unrolling, there was so much discussion about vaccine disparity along racial lines. And I uh, noticed, in particular in my own family, that there was a breakdown occurring. And it was occurring because we, we have this weekly gathering. We get together on Zoom during the pandemic and we listen to jazz. So it's a lovely gathering, usually every week, except that when the vaccine started unrolling, the discussion was getting quite uh, heated in that mm-hmm. um, many of my relatives are physicians. And so they were quite pointed in the idea, everyone must get vaccinated. Others were saying they weren't getting vaccinated. And so every week, it would be kind of a bludgeoning with facts. Mm. And the facts that they were stating, naturally, I mean, they're from the highest source and these are very intelligent people. However, it wasn't moving the needle at all. And in fact, it made the, the gathering quite uncomfortable to be at. So I just, one, one, one evening, I just asked one of my uncles who was very much saying he didn't want to get vaccinated, what are you concerned about, uncle? And then... I listened and he talked a lot. He'd been in, uh, he was a Vietnam veteran and talked about some of the things that he had encountered in terms of, um, you know, being given vaccines that, uh, that people, uh, you know, they didn't know exactly what they were receiving and so on and so forth. Nwandi says she kept listening week after week, occasionally sharing what she knew with humility. And then one by one, members of the group started getting vaccinated on their own. And then I, as time went on, what, what really has made me quite delighted and, and, and chuckle a little bit as far as transformation is that, you know, this, this uncle who's probably 80 years old, he has not only been vaccinated, he's become the biggest vaccine proponent in the family. We never get on oh, anything wow. now without him. Everybody got the vaccines and don't forget your masks. And, you know, and he just kind of goes through this whole litany. So it sounds like what you did was asked him some genuine questions with genuine curiosity. And then it sounds like you also made him feel heard. How, how did you do that? Well, it was kind of funny, to be honest with you. In addition to just myself being curious, I also sometimes held the physicians at bay because sometimes they would jump in and I would say, okay, no, that, I know that's true, but let's just wait till he finishes. And there were a few right, other they'd relatives. They'd be bombarding were... him with, you know, randomized controlled study <laughs> data. And you're like, wait. <laughs> Right. I think that's frustrating to folks a lot of times that they can't convince one another with facts, mm-hmm. whether it's climate change, <laughs> whether it's vaccines. Or like, I that's the understatement the of the century in one. <laughs> <laughs> that's our second tip and maybe the most important one. Don't try to persuade people by arguing the facts. Trust me, as a journalist, this is a really hard one to accept. 
I know it's tempting to just think you can gather up all the evidence and polish it up and make it look pretty and then people will have to believe. But as we keep seeing over and over, it is not how the human brain works, especially when there's emotion involved. So you have to find another way. I'm trying to think of how I feel about that because that has been the central struggle is I feel like there are so many good facts out there and it's just hard for me to comprehend why this information and these studies and the science isn't enough to persuade them. And I haven't really gotten a chance to listen to what their concerns are and why without coming back a little bit defensively on my end. It's so hard, right, to cultivate curiosity in conflict. Like with the, like we are wired to not want space to open up between ourselves and our loved ones. Like that is very uncomfortable and dangerous, you know, evolutionarily. So we want mm. that feeling to go away. But we also... <laughs> We have to become curious when we're not, right? And that is so that is so hard to do, right? There's a little catchphrase that I try to put in my own head when I feel my body tightening up because mm-hmm. something is happening that's making and it's don't get furious, get curious. So mm-hmm. in that moment, really trying to think, what is my question here? Provided there's no imminent danger, it does not appear that this person will kill me. So what do I want to know? And I, I just find, you know, don't get furious, get curious. Okay, lean in. Yeah. So here are a couple more tips. First, don't be the kind of phony listener who's just waiting to jump in and hammer the other person. Really listen. Second, if what the other person is saying is really making you mad, remember Nwandi's mantra, don't get furious, get curious. Ask another question and then another. This takes practice, it's worth noting. My own go-to these days is to say, tell me more. The exact opposite of what I used to say. But I always learn something I didn't know. And eventually, like Nuandi's uncle, people may even change their mind if they feel like they came to that decision on their own terms. One thing I really struggle with, I really see getting vaccinated um, as kind of an act of kindness and compassion for humanity and a way that we can not just protect ourselves, but protect other people. So it's really hard for me to get out of the mindset of, I really feel like you're very selfish for not getting Mm -hmm. vaccinated. Yeah. And I I think it's helpful that you've just identified an understory of this conflict for you. Like, like, so usually conflicts like this are never just about the thing they appear to be about. There's a sort of deeper understory of the conflict. And it's usually about some kind of moral value or fear, and you've identified um, compassion. Like you feel like there's a sort of kindness and decency that for you, that's what getting the vaccine is about. It's not just self-interest. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now we're getting somewhere good. And the question is, what what does it mean to them, mm-hmm. um, to your sister and to your mom? Nwandi, do you have any questions that you might ask in a situation like this? One thing uh, that I think is fascinating when it's in a family is that you have this uh, wonderful point of unity. That is, you actually do love each other. I might even start from there. Like, you know, mom, I really know that you have an interest in in keeping your body well. And do you have uh, concerns about um, how this might impact your ability to go rock climbing or running with me, which I know we all enjoy? Yeah, I think... um... 
you know, my mom is very healthy and she's very health conscious. And part of that is actually why she doesn't want to get vaccinated. And she would prefer to not medicate in any way and not put anything foreign into her body if she can avoid it. And that predates the pandemic, I, yes. I assume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't survive without trust as a human because, you know, I know I am not doing a clinical trial of the vaccine in my living room. So I am trusting that yeah. these researchers who did so are, you know, legitimate and have good intentions and are doing good work. So who is your mom trusting, would you guess? Um, I think that a lot of her information comes from kind of um, right-leaning, maybe even like fringe uh, media. And then I think that her and her husband, my stepdad, they'll share whatever they find online. But that's actually not really anything I've asked her is, you know, who she's getting her information from and, and what type of things she's reading. Because I actually usually just kind of roll my eyes at it. Even if Jackie does ask this question, the answer is not likely to be very satisfying. One of the biggest challenges of our time is that we don't rely on the same sources for information. So we're living in alternate realities with different sets of facts. And that's a huge problem, one that we have to fix as a society. But for right now, what do we do? After the break, we'll talk about how to stop rolling your eyes at your family, especially at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Because one thing we know for sure is that will not help. We're back with Nwandi Lawson and our listener Jackie, who's facing an impossible choice when it comes to planning her wedding. She wants all the guests to be vaccinated to protect her in-laws and everyone else. But that might mean her own family will refuse to come. So I started to think, do we need to change that boundary line? Um, do we need to talk about asking them maybe to quarantine leading up to it and show us some negative COVID tests within a certain amount of time of the event or, or something like that, see if we can come up with a compromise? I really appreciate the, the loving flexibility that you're, that you're demonstrating there and the desire to remain you know, united with your family. Yeah, one of the really dangerous things about where we're at right now is that a vaccine is a binary, right? It's either or. Mm. And anytime humans get into binary choices or groups, generally we don't behave very well. We get into this us versus them mindset. And so what you're saying is, is there a way to have a third door, right? Yeah. Um, is there a, a way to expand the range of possible options, which I think is really wise. So Robert Cialdini wrote this book, Influence, about the psychology of persuasion. And he was saying that for some people who are very worried about autonomy and personal freedom, you really have to fit things into their worldview. And he ends every conversation that he has about the vaccine with the words, it's completely up to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, to make sure that they're not feeling like I'm pressuring them um, or manipulating them or, or imposing my beliefs on them. 
Once you understand what's really underneath someone's deeply held opinion, try to speak their language. If they care most about personal freedom, talk about it in those terms. And do the same thing for yourself. Instead of citing a peer-reviewed journal, talk about what you care most about. For Jackie, maybe it's protecting the vulnerable, which in this case includes her fiancé's father. Either way, do it in small doses. Spend more time on the things you enjoy together than on the things that make you crazy. So maybe even though I'm not able right today to, to figure out how we can all make sure that we're going to be safe at the wedding, I still just want to call you and tell you I just got this dress. Oh my gosh, mm. let me, I'm sending you a cell phone picture of it right now. I'm so excited. And, you know, just these kinds of things that, that kind of bring us together. Mm. I think sometimes we give up the opportunities just to be together and enjoy each other and climb a rock and laugh. <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for this because my younger brother passed away in 2017. And to know kind of like, oh my gosh, you really could, there, there could be a time that I wouldn't, you know, would literally be separated and not able to have a conversation with this particular person. So I just would encourage not to let go of that, that peace, that families love each other. And we have disagreements, but at the end of the day, if you were to, you know, begin discussing some of the things that you all actually do all kind of agree about, I think that there might be an opening as well to talk about you know, how are we all going to be safe when we come to this wonderful day, my wedding? I'm really sorry to hear about your brother. And hearing that did make me think, you know, about how strange my relationship with my sister has been in this past year, despite so many happy things like her having a baby. And I love being around my nephew mm. and I love hearing about him and hearing from my sister. But we definitely have not been as close this past year as we used to. And I often, I think, take um, her presence for granted and and your ideas about you know talking about the wedding with them definitely resonate with me I've really avoided the subject for the most part are you planning on getting together with them at all over the holidays yes um, we already have plans to head over and see them the day after Thanksgiving and stay for the night they live in on a beautiful plot of land that um, kind of in the mountains. So it's always so nice to get out there and get some fresh air. I'll probably go for a run. Maybe somebody will join me on it and probably go on some hikes as well. So I think it'll be a good opportunity to spend time together um, in a way where we're doing things rather than just talking to each mm. other. Yeah. Peter Coleman, who studies conflict, wrote a book called The Way Out. And when he talks about the research into um, physical activity as a really important um, way to interrupt the conflict. Like, so if you're doing something physical together, taking a walk or going on a run actually can, you know, for various reasons can kind of spark a more useful conversation, um, which it sounds like is your, is your impulse already. And I wonder, do you feel like there'll be an elephant in the room because of this vaccination or COVID, you know, differences of opinion? Yeah, there, there definitely might be. Um, the thought of having that conversation is definitely terrifying to me. Yeah. So talk about what is terrifying about it. I think it sometimes feels like I have to suddenly be an expert about it. I need to really defend my position for them to listen to me. And it's really easy for them to kind of pick apart what I'm saying and make it 
sound mm-hmm. stupid almost or, or sound like uh, it doesn't make any sense. And then I start to doubt myself. Yeah, that would be really tough. I'm curious, though, what if you were to reframe the goal of the conversation? In other words, what if in every conversation you entered into the catchphrase for your family became, it's completely up to you. And so then we can have the sharing of ideas. Mm -hmm. Would it be all right if I shared with you a few things that I think are really interesting about how the coronavirus is being uh, combated? Okay, yes. What are some of the things that you're hearing about this? But again, always going back to it, it is completely up to you. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. Arguments growing up in our house were very win-lose. It was always like someone is trying to win an argument and everybody else is losing. And usually the losers were just, you know, whoever couldn't yell the loudest or got more tired out quickly. Mm. So I like this idea of coming at um, a disagreement a little bit differently and hopefully less stressfully. Here's another insight. Give up on winning the game. Your family is not the opponent. You're on the same team, even if it doesn't always feel like it. I mean, one of the paradoxes of persuasion is that you will never persuade if persuasion is the goal. Oh, yeah. And I actually love what you said when Wandi asked you what you were afraid of. You said, like, these exact words feel like, I don't know, could you use these words with your mom and sister? Like you said, I'm not an expert. I'm just a person trying to figure out whom to trust. And sometimes I feel like I have to defend my position. And I don't like that feeling. Like I want to be with you and not be defensive. Yeah, I think I could. And I think that that that, that would probably resonate with them. And I will tell you, if you're anything like me, I actually have to write that down and I have to practice it before I go. Otherwise, you know, my emotions will run high and I will, I will join, I will fall right back into the pattern of my people because that's what we've always done. Here's our last suggestion. Don't improvise on this one. Actually write down what you're going to say and practice saying it for real. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea and one that I've never really tried before. Um, But I think that it would definitely keep me from saying something that I might regret or, or even not saying anything at all. Because I think that that's probably why my family didn't disclose to me that they got COVID in the first place, because they were afraid that I would probably shame them and criticize them. Um, Especially like my sister has told me, I'm the older sister. So, you know, she sees me as like really bossy sometimes and as kind of trying to impose my beliefs on others. And I think that if I write down what I'm going to say, it'll keep me from doing those things. I love it. I'm an oldest sister too. So it's not our fault. We're not bossy, but yeah, we have, we've been around a little while longer. We're just trying to share the wealth. (laughs) Somebody has to take charge. (laughs) Knowing that I can't really change who they are and how they think, but I can listen to them. And maybe they'll also listen to me if I give them that respect. Also, thank goodness you have some time, right, before the wedding, so... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think remembering, Nwandi, what you kept reiterating is this is my family and we have a lot of love for each other. I think throughout this past year, I honestly probably have forgotten that a few times. 
naturally, I just, I, I continue to wish you the best of luck in, in talking to your family and uh, have a beautiful wedding. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope you'll send some, <laughs> send some pictures and we can all, we can all enjoy seeing your, your really wonderful and special day. And I think this has great potential to really bring people together. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was amazing advice from both of you. Thanks to Jackie for sharing her story with us and to Nwandi for all her excellent advice. Are you planning an impossible wedding or have some other perplexing problem? Send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001 and we might have you on the show. And if you like what you heard today, please give us a rating and a review and definitely tell a friend. That helps us help more people. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson produces the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Special thanks to Amber Smith. Charles Duhigg created the show. I'm Amanda Ripley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>